have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. As if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. machines you are not cattle you are men good morning folks it is reality rants i am jason burmis it is brought to you by redvoicemedia.com remember the second hour is always free over at the rvm rumble or rvmrumble.com what i'm gonna ask of the burmis brigade today is if you're tuning in right now and you are not subscribed to one of the platforms, go subscribe to another platform. Yes, I need the thumbs up, the subscribes, the shares on YouTube. I need you to comment in the comment section. Guys, I want you to think about this. 70 plus thousand subscribers, 70 plus thousand subscribers, okay? Two to, if we're lucky, 5,000 views on YouTube. And then out of those two to 5,000 views, I know there are a bunch of people in the live chat. I can't get 15 comments on a video. After the video is done being live on this uh, YouTube channel, it goes nowhere. It goes almost nowhere. After the first um, literally three to four hours, nowhere. Almost nobody sees it at all. Click the notifications. Go ahead. Click all notifications. See if you get them all. Chances are no. That's why I need more people to move over to Rumble. Obviously, subscribe to the RVM. Subscribe to my my uh, my Rumble as well. That's why we do um, these other sources. But even you know, paying for the Twitter, right? The the idea that Twitter changed under Elon Musk is bullshit. It is. I'm sorry. Uh, he gave some accounts back. Wow. Ooh, thank you. Thank you. I still get context when I tweet something with like a curse word in it or something that's like, people don't usually tweet like this. Hey, right there, buddy. I'll tweet how I want. And then they've gone with almost a hyper Facebook model. In that, if I want people to see my material, 
They're acting like I'm going to be able to make money from it. And yeah, if you're selling sunglasses and trinkets, or if you're even selling the left-right paradigm, you probably can make money here on Twitter. You probably do that too. If you're not, the FBI still has a backdoor to deboost anything you do. Anything you do. Now, I paid for my stupid blue check mark because they took away um, the creator studio, the media studio that allowed me to stream my, my broadcast here. And again, every once in a while, if I pinned a tweet or I got some traction, get like a few thousand more views, right? So now I'm, I'm, I should be, you know, blue check mark. My stuff should be elevated. That 36,000 plus followers over there. I can't get 500 views on a video. Can't get 500 views on a video. Now, am I supposed to hit that promote button and pay 8, 10, 20, 50 bucks to try to promote it to get 2,000 views on the video? Is that fair? Is that a fair business practice? Of course not. You know, I brought it up with uh, Danny uh, Polishchuk <clears throat> of uh, the Boys Cast and uh, Low Value Mail, which I went on. And I said, look, they, they give me a one-liner on YouTube why I can't monetize my content. And he was talking about how Revenge of the Sis had just been taken down and they were taking down all these channels. He asked me how I, he honestly asked me how I still had my channel. I said, no, they took it from me four times. I go, I, I had to fight them on Twitter. Another reason, I, I kept my Twitter account active. I got the blue check mark. All those things because really it's not about your content. All right, let me explain this. Your content is on a, a sliding scale of how much influence and popularity you have and how many people are willing to come to bat for you and shine the light on absurdity. Jimmy Dore can say things I cannot say. I've watched it. I've watched Jimmy Dore play videos on his his monetized YouTube channel that get taken off of my YouTube channel. And with uh, today's subject on Epstein and the uh, idea that, um, first of all, more and more revelations from this case. Got a couple of Epstein stories. Jamie Dimon is denying even knowing Epstein, despite the emails that clearly show that's not the case. Okay, but hey, it's the post-truth world. Jamie Dimon's got a lot of scratch. He's got a little cheese. He probably can do what he wants. I don't see Jamie Dimon going to prison anytime soon. Lo lo love to uh, find out that's not the case. If, of course, he's criminally liable or anything. No, probably not. I mean, he works for the banks. They're great people. So we had Jamie Deluxe on the program. He's lost like five YouTube channels. And uh, recently, once again... They started taking down uh, content for cyberbullying. Now, they've done this to about a dozen of Maya Epstein videos already. So none of this is new to me. Cyberbullying. Ooh. And, and by the way, I didn't cyberbully anybody. I read from the actual documents that were being released during that 2016-2017 period. Prior to the arrest in 2019. Cyberbullying? Really? Really? Come on. Who am I cyberbullying? The Maxwell family that has more resources than I can ever imagine? 
more connections than I could ever imagine, I could ever muster in my life? I'm cyberbullying the Maxwells? Is it the dead Jeffrey Epstein that I'm cyberbullying? It's ridiculous. It's on another level, okay? So, we got another jam-packed show for you. Uh, I got quite a few clips, as I always do, lined up. Uh, one of them is with Chuck Todd, who is everything that has been and will be wrong with the mainstream media if we continue to allow them to simply lie to our faces. And, and we probably will. Again, we, we live in this post-truth, celebritard culture where somehow, someway, Chuck Todd... Chuck Todd, like the worst of the worst. To call that guy a journalist is absurd. It's insane. He is literally a mouthpiece for the establishment on every single issue. There is not an issue that Chuck Todd is going to tell you the truth about. Period. And I have this uh, clip of presidential candidate uh, Ramaswamy, the, the younger gentleman that has been going around. And look, I, I've seen him on, obviously, uh, Fox News. This is MSNBC. Uh, I saw him on a C-SPAN town hall. Smart guy. Well-spoken, putting in the work. D does that mean I want him for president? Probably not. I don't necessarily trust the guy. But he comes in uh, to the lion's dead with Chuck Todd. He makes an opening statement about unity and where we are as a country and kind of uh, what our national identity is and how we no longer have one and really what it means to be an American. And Chuck Todd immediately attacks. Oh, you say you want to unify. You say you, you're calling the trans movement a cult. And, you know, we're going to break this clip down, uh, but Ramaswamy correctly identifies what is going on as a mental illness. But here's the deal. Chuck Todd loves to talk about the new science. Ooh, there's new science suggesting. In other words, there's no new science suggesting anything else at all, ever, once. There's no scientific evidence whatsoever. Things have suddenly changed after... <laughs> Thousands, hundreds of years, decades, just all of a sudden, everything's changed now. There's a slow change, slow burn. Unzip jeans, 97, right? This is real. It's really happening. And the science that they're using is the science that we focused on earlier in the week when we did our expose on Martin Rothblatt. What did Martin Rothblatt tell you about the entities that will be creating via our mind files? That once there's a scientific consensus, in this case, the science of the mind, psychology, then these beings will get their rights. Well, guess what? It is that pseudoscience of psychology to which Chuck Todd is referring. He's not talking about biologists. All right? Not at all. He's talking about psychology. Oh. First of all, um, just like any other science, there is never going to be a uh, consensus among, uh, among all psychologists 
on, on such an issue. Just not going to happen. That's not real. But again, it's not about an actual consensus. It's a consensus among the mainstream media, their, their uh, allies in political office, and Hollyweird. Okay? So as long as entertainment, politicians, and media shove it down your throat as utter fact, and then you have a military-industrial complex behind the scenes not only pushing it, but censoring anybody who pushes back in a meaningful manner across social media, well, you've got your consensus. You've got it. And uh, Ramaswamy uh, does a good job against Chuck Todd, but Chuck Todd, man, he turns my stomach every single time I see him speak. Every single time I see him speak. So we've been ranting. I want to... Uh, We've been ranting here on Reality Rants. I want to briefly, uh, before we go to our first break, show you the featured story. There's actually two new Epstein stories out of the Daily Mail. We're going to be briefly going over both. Convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein continued to entertain up to seven young girls a day and was so obsessed with their teeth, he had a dentist chair at his mansion and forced them uh, to, go on, uh, to go to an orthodontist, his private diaries reveal. Now, we're going to scroll down. And this is that room. We've known about this. Uh, but I, apparently it was in all of his homes, is what they're saying right here. This is, And uh, he, he would send them to Manhattan Orthodox. Can you imagine being in Jeffrey Epstein's mansion of horrors? <laughs> oh, don't worry, we're going to fix your teeth. <laughs> on top of everything else that's going around, on around there. All of a sudden, you go into this private room. Can you imagine the dentist? That we're doing this? Creepy. Scary. Jeffrey Epstein continued meeting dozens of young women after his sex crime conviction with up to seven girls visiting him in a single day, his private calendars reveal. And the teeth-obsessed pedophile who had a dentist chair in his Florida home and another on his Caribbean island often sent the women to a Manhattan orthodontist, the document show. The revelations, part of a tranche of documents handed to the government of the U.S. Virgin Islands as part of its investigation into the sex trafficking operation. They show that despite being a registered sex offender who had just come out of a 13-month jail sentence, the pedophile had appointments at all hours of the day. No kidding! You mean when you get a sweetheart deal and a slap on the wrist? You just go back to whatever you were doing when you weren't even doing the other thing in the first place. You were leaving jail on a daily basis. We're going to come back, get deeper into this article, another one on Epstein after a word from our sponsor. Folks, we have a huge problem on our hands. A banking crisis is spiraling, and it's all thanks to the current administration's reckless spending, sky-high inflation, and massive interest rate hikes. Now, these banks are suffering, and guess what? They can legally seize your savings without notice to bail themselves out. That's right. Thanks to a sneaky law passed back in 2008, it's now legal for banks to take your hard-earned money, including your retirement savings, to save themselves. 
Now this could leave your retirement accounts decimated and you paying the price for their disastrous policies. Take action now before it's too late. Now this guide will show you how to defend your money and keep your retirement savings safe from the banking crisis and the current administration's financial fiasco. This simple and 100% legal strategy may help you protect your retirement against higher taxes, soaring inflation, and a volatile economy. So don't let your golden years be ruined by someone else's mistakes. To secure your free wealth protection guide and safeguard what's rightfully yours, don't wait. The time to act is now. All right, as we get back into this article, one of the other things that I want to talk about quickly um, is what's not said about this. Steve Bannon interviewed Epstein, apparently has 16 hours of interviews with Epstein, talked to Epstein about his island. Epstein then corrects him and says it's actually two islands. And Bannon says, islands of Dr. Moreau. And he goes, that is correct. That would suggest chimeric experimentation going on in the islands. Now, Apart from the creepy aspect that if you have dentist chairs and billions of dollars and all sorts of influence, I would assume that you have all sorts of anesthesia at your home and laughing gas, um, but really things that could subdue somebody, put them completely unconscious. And you wonder whether or not those aspects ever came into play. It's almost hard to assume that they wouldn't. But then you ask yourself if there was any um, unethical experimentation going on behind the scenes under the guise of this dental work. That's that's something that's a possibility. Now, is that cyberbullying that I bring that up based on other facts surrounding this case? Sure hope not. Sure hope it's not uh, too wayward to point out that uh, the Zorro Ranch was a, apparently a baby-making facility with, with beds for many a lady to have the Epstein babies. As he reseeded the world with Epstein super clones. I know, it sounds like something out of a 1980s G.I. Joe cartoon. It's not. It's this. On one day alone, Epstein had three sets of meetings with two young women, followed by a final one at 7.30 with a lone female, reaching a total of seven girls in five hours. Yeah, this guy wasn't a monster. Among the names on the calendars were numerous Russians, models, and a woman who later sued his estate, saying he took her virginity and forced her into a sham marriage to keep one of his associates in the country. While the exact nature of the appointments was unclear, the way the women were described, their first name only followed by a phone number, was identical to how his victims were listed in the section of the Black Book of Contacts titled Massage. The disturbing picture emerges from hundreds of documents and emails and diaries with the estate of Epstein, who hung himself while awaiting trial, for sex trafficking in 2019, uh, DailyMail.com obtained the documents that give an unprecedented insight into Epstein's network of influence and context. I want these 
documents. Let me say it again. I want these documents. Just like when they were releasing everything at Court Listener, there was tons of stuff in there that was making no rounds, no rounds in the mainstream and barely being discussed in the alternative. I want these documents. Not just the Wall Street Journal, not just the Daily Mail. I want the documents. Can I get the PDF files? Somebody, please. Yeah, please, somebody on the inside of either of those news organizations that still has a heart or a soul that realizes that they're going to be limited in the scope of their reporting, please release the documents. You know, I, I don't want to get too far away from Epstein, but I've got to mention that Marjorie Taylor Greene was on Twitter yesterday talking about how it's finally been negotiated that like three journalists are going to get the raw January 6th footage. Excuse me? What? That wasn't the deal. That wasn't what we were all promised and told. I'm supposed to be able to get those docu or those videos. You're supposed to be able to get those videos. Citizens should be able to comb through them and then point out things they've discovered that surely the mainstream media will call conspiracy theory. But hey, we'll have the documented evidence and that's the last thing they want. Let the plebs rot. You get nothing. You will own nothing and you will be happy about it. You will be forced into ignorance and no longer be able to access the truth. That's great, isn't it? It's lovely. Can't wait. So, you know, shame on anybody who thinks otherwise, especially regarding January 6th and those documents. And and, and uh, really, the documents too, because let's be honest, um, it sure looks like a setup, huh? It sh and by the way, there's a Ray Epps revelation out there that I'm not sure I even want to talk about here yet. All I'm going to say is there is a possibility, and this account, I checked it. Let's see, the callers were half in the back. Oh, he's talking about my... <laughs> my buddy's texting me about the uh, Danny uh, Polishchuk uh, podcast that I did. He says, dude, that show was great. He basically let you go ham. Yeah, he did let me go ham. The callers were half in the bag, though. Well, I feel like that's going to be that audience. All right. Back to let's shift back. Let's sh let's shift it back. Let's shift it back. So again, you have all this documentation. You have all these videos, and nobody's accountable. And with January sixth in particular, you have the pipe bomber that we just can't find from January fifth. That makes no sense. I just talked about Epps. There's an account out there from January, I think, of two thousand fifteen. So it's been up there for. Seven, eight years. I don't know whether it's a troll or not. I have not found anything to debunk it. But one of the reasons I'm not showing you what it says up here, I'll talk about cyberbullying, is that the allegations against Epps that have nothing to do with January 6th are frightening. And they are allegedly being made by his stepdaughter. And if what this stepdaughter, if it is his stepdaughter, is saying is true, it shows Epps was completely compromised and, and clearly, clearly had an incentive to work with law enforcement. That's all I'm going to say about it until I confirm it. 
Uh, I would imagine that it will either be confirmed or debunked by the Monday broadcast, but it is yet another layer to that case. A really disturbing layer, by the way. I mean, anybody um, who went to bat for Epps, if this is true, you're going to look real bad. You're going to look real stupid. If, if for any reason you went to bat for Ray Epps. But that's the thing, man. Like, let's say this horrific thing is true. This is really Ray Epps' stepdaughter and all these other things. And the allegations are true. Are we going to get a, an apology from the mainstream? Are we going to get an apology from the mainline Democrats and liberals and the debunkers? Not a chance, man. Not a chance. They'll probably try to give this guy the Nobel Peace Prize. They already ran the 60 Minutes Puff piece on him. We did a watch along with that. Talk about propaganda, uh, propaganda. Out of control. Out of control. <sighs> so let's keep going on this article. Um, the, uh, the calendar stuff strongly suggests that Epstein's conviction in 2008 for soliciting a minor for prostitution, part of a sweetheart plea deal, Dershowitz, 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 did nothing to stop his offending. No kidding. The diaries feature names of young women flying in from foreign countries with flight numbers and times they will land. Epstein met women from 8 a.m. until late into the evening and even squeezed them in before and after world-famous guests arrived at his New York mansion. Excuse me. One day... Epstein had a tentative 8.30 a.m. appointment with a Swedish model, followed by another at 9.30 with two women at an address in Manhattan. At 2 p.m., he had another appointment, followed by a fourth at 4 p.m. on the same day. Another example of Epstein's busy schedule was a day that featured seven women over a five-hour period. The appointment started at 3 p.m. with two girls, followed by another at 5.15 p.m., a third pair at 6.15, and a final meeting at 7.30 p.m. My question would be, is during something like that, is there somebody else with Epstein that kind of takes on these meetings? So maybe he's penned in, but he meets an associate, somebody he may be doing business with or may have compromised, and he just takes them there to introduce. I don't know. I have no idea. By the way, can we get the thumbs up? We don't even have 100 thumbs up over on YouTube. Remember, don't just comment in the live stream. Give me some comments down below. Let's make this one get, get at least 5K on uh, on YouTube. Let, like Match at least like half of what we get on Rumble at this point. That'd be nice. That'd be great. Uh, one of those listed uh, as having an appointment with Epstein filed a lawsuit against the estate under the pseudonym Caitlin Doe. She said that Epstein abused her for years, starting when she was 17. He forced her to marry a foreign national and recruiter to keep her in the U.S. to work for him. In exchange, Caitlin Doe was told she would get $20,000 for a medical procedure she needed. So once again, you know, we everybody who wants to talk about Where's the list? Where's the client list? No, that's not a client list. Okay? This is a guy. This is a mover and shaker. Like, this guy is not a client. He's a business partner. <laughs> if he's arranging for, for 
women or girls he abused starting at 17 to marry people. That's a business partner. They're in business together. There is a business deal on top of that. And, and the business isn't just selling off Caitlin Doe. I guarantee you that. Because don't get me wrong. That kind of human trafficking can be somewhat lucrative. But that's not the kind of lucrative that Epstein was really concerned with. Also listed as meeting Epstein was Shelley Lewis, a British woman who once dated him in a diary entry. She is described as bringing a friend along. Disturbingly, one young uh, woman is listed as visiting Epstein's house in New York with her parents and then seeing a Rockettes show. The same woman was later seen heading out for an evening with Epstein and nine other young women, most of whom are known associates of Epstein. Another woman in the log. See, that's the thing. I want to see who the... No Is it Leslie Groff? Right? Is it... Uh, what is it? Kaylin? Sarah Kaylin? I, I want to know who these people are. Another woman in the logs is Epstein's last known girlfriend, Belarusian Katiana Shuliak, who was also a licensed dentist. Interesting. I wonder how much work uh, Kariana was. Is that her right there? That's her, yeah. A licensed dentist. Interesting. 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 Um, this is Shelley Lewis, a British woman who once dated him. And who is this right here? Oh, we don't. Is it uh, Julia Stepanova? Okay. Let's get to the other uh, article right here briefly before we go to our next break. J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon denies he knew Epstein or his sex crimes until his 2019 arrest, despite having a 2011 internal email warning him Jeffrey is not an honorable person. He should not be a client. Really? I can't, I can't. Jeffrey Epstein isn't honorable? <laughs> and that's in 2011. Folks, we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. You're still looking good. I'm still feeling good. You know, I've got all your MyPillow products. Mattress topper, bed sheets, MyPillows, towels, slippers, blankets, sleepwear, dog Whoa, bed. whoa, Charles. Everyone now can get MyPillow products at huge discounts at MyPillow.com. That's right. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to take advantage of our three-in-one sale. We're bringing you exciting new products, overstock specials, and closeout deals you won't find anywhere else. For example, when you buy one of our brand new MyPillow 2.0s, you get another one absolutely free. And with our overstock sale, you save 50% on our luxurious Giza Dream bed sheets. That's as low as $29.99 for the best sheets ever. And with our biggest closeout special, you get our all-season slippers for only $35 or our sandals and slides for just $25. Quantities are limited, and once they're gone, they're gone. They're gone, Mike. Oh, my goodness. Use the promo code RVM when you're shopping over at MyPillow.com. So, here's the deal. Apparently, he has testified to this, and if this is under oath, it will truly show you the separate tiers in the justice system. Again, you think Jamie Dimon, J.P. Morgan CEO, is going to jail? Is Jess Barclay in jail with those revelations from the same case? J.P. Morgan, CEO, has testified that he had never heard of Jeffrey Epstein and his sex crimes until his 2019 arrest. 
despite being advised in a 2011 email by his general counsel that he was not an honorable person and should not be a client of the bank, according to a transcript of the videotaped deposition released Wednesday. So maybe we can get this transcript. In fact, Burmist Brigade, uh, maybe this is uh, linking to it, but I would love to get the transcripts on this. Perhaps they're in court listener at this point. I don't know. Jamie Dimon said he first heard about Epstein and his crimes against teenage girls and young women when uh, the story blew wide open in 2019. Sure, I'm sure that's exactly when you learned about it. He was arrested and all the stories came out about all the people he knows. And the reason I remember that is I was surprised that I didn't know about it before. <laughs> wow, the Jeffrey Epstein scandal really caught me by surprise. Yeah, yeah, caught him, caught him by surprise. Asked by a lawyer if he'd ever heard the name Jeffrey Epstein before the arrest, Diamond responded, not that I recall. Yeah, okay. That's going to bite him in the ass. You know, there's going to be a picture. There's going to be an eyewitness. There, there, that is just absolutely ludicrous. But the deposition also revealed that the bank's former general counsel, Stephen Cutler, wrote a 2011 email that Epstein should not be a client of the bank. Diamond said in the deposition he was not aware of that email at the time, but I know it today. Missed it back then. Know it today. Unaware of the billionaire... <laughs> who'd been busted in Palm Beach. I know it today. Okay. It comes after former J.P. Morgan executive Jess Staley accused the CEO of lying about his knowledge of the bank accounts held by Epstein that were allegedly used for the trafficking of you-know-what. Young girls, young women, the whole shebang, diddly, ango. All right, I want to get away from Epstein. We got uh, this segment... And one other segment left in the first hour. I want to remind everybody that you can watch the second hour for free Monday through Thursday over at rvmrumble.com. rvmrumble.com is where you want to move over for that second hour uncensored uh, where we can get a little bit, just a tiny bit more hardcore than we can get here on YouTube. And speaking of hardcore... There is an awesome journalist out there. His name is Sam Husseini. And Sam Husseini has been asking legitimate and real questions now for some time in the press corps. And they are tough ones. And they are often related to foreign policy and sometimes Israel. And I think that one of the blind spots among the mainline conservative movement is kind of this blind allegiance to Israel as our greatest ally. That's ridiculous. And then I also think that um, there's a blind spot for those that think that they're awake or are awake on many levels to uh, predispose that everything involves Israel, where I don't believe that either. I think, again, somewhere in the middle. Now, with Epstein in particular, it certainly looks like he has what? Israeli Mossad connections. Just like it looks like he doesn't just have FBI, but also Central Intelligence Agency connections. Okay? So, Sam Husseini uh, ha has done this uh, compilation video showing the hypocrisy 
of our policies with Israel and the ICC, the International Criminal Courts, and then our position with Russia. It's about a seven and a half minute clip, and we are certainly going to play the whole thing in full, and I think that I'm even going to back off while we play it. But before we play that, we got to play this, okay? Jesus. Karine Jean-Pierre, Jean-Pierre, stunned response when White House spokesman John Kirby is asked if Joe Biden is corrupt because of families' foreign business deals. John Kirby is a joke, okay? So this video is only about a minute 14. The reporter asks a real question. He asks a real question, and the response is cartoon level. It's just like, we don't have to respond to this. I can't even believe that you would ask this question. The president has addressed this before. The president doesn't know where he is most times. The president doesn't take real questions at real press conferences. The president is a zombie establishment puppet. Okay? And a known liar. A man who has been caught in dozens of lies throughout his political career. So I'm going to play the clip. Uh, there have been many developments in the House investigations into the First Family's international business dealings recently. Uh, there's one committee trying to get an FBI. There's another IRS. There's one committee trying to get an FBI file alleging that President Biden took bribes. There's another IRS whistleblower who's alleging there's a cover-up in the investigation. Amid all of this, there was a Harvard-Harris poll this month that found that 53% of the public, including a fourth of Democrats, believe, quote, Joe Biden was involved with his son in an, in an illegal influence peddling scheme. Uh, there's, of course, evidence that the president interacted with his relatives, associates from China, uh, Mexico, Kazakhstan, Russia, and Ukraine. Uh, so what do you say to the majority of Americans who believe that the president is himself corrupt? Wow. <laughs> Can I take that question? President, the president, the president has spoken to this. Uh, the president has spoken to this, uh, and there's nothing to these claims. And as for the the, the, the whistleblower issue that you talked about, and uh, um, and the, the, the document, I, I, I believe the FBI has spoken to that. And you're going to have to go to them on that. All right, let's go. All right, let's get out of here. All right, let's get the hell out of here. That dude asked a real question. Why do the majority of, of citizens in this country think that Joe Biden is corrupt? And he just it's just not real. It's not part of their authoritative, great narrative. You understand? So he just nods his head. No, 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 no. All right. Let's play this clip uh, from Sam Hussein. We'll be able to get uh, through the majority of it before our next commercial break. Uh, must watch. Remember, we're still going to do the uh, Chuck Todd video i'll probably start that at the end of the first hour take it into the second hour to have you guys come along uh without further ado here is a real journalist asking real questions and putting together a real video on a real subject 
We, of course, uh, remain engaged with the ICC through uh, a number of, of mechanisms. We believe that there are a number of uh, avenues for uh, holding those accountable for atrocities, especially in the context of, of Russia and Ukraine. The State Department continues to not want the ICC to be implemented regarding Israel. You saw me speak quite clearly to Saeed's question about our desire that both sides not uh, take steps that are going to uh, incite tensions and take us further away from a negotiated two-state solution. We've been uh, quite clear about that consistently. Hey, this is Sam Husseini. Uh, I wanted to add a little bit of context to recent Q&A uh, about the International Criminal Court uh, that I did at the State Department. Uh, first, let's uh, take a look at what happened. Go ahead. Uh, South Africa's Foreign Minister, the Minister of uh, International Affairs, Pandor, has called for the International Criminal Court. Uh, to issue arrest warrants against leaders of, quote, apartheid Israel responsible for, quote, the massacre of the Palestinian people. We have become tired at the abuse of the people of Palestine. South Africa is a long-standing partner in solidarity with the people of Palestine, given that they supported our own struggle for freedom. We believe they have a right to enjoy justice and freedom, and we call on the world to be as concerned about the deaths of Palestinians as they're concerned about deaths of any other nation uh, in the world. So we really believe we want to hear the ICC indicating that an arrest warrant would be issued for leaders of apartheid Israel who are the ones who are supporting the massacre of the people of Palestine. Uh, will the State Department finally support international criminal court mechanisms uh, in international law regarding Israel? If not, why not? We, of course, uh, remain engaged with the ICC through uh, a number of, of mechanisms. We believe that there are a number of uh, avenues for uh, holding those accountable for atrocities, especially in the context of, of Russia and Ukraine. But I don't have I've not seen these comments, so I don't have uh, anything additional to offer on that. But the State Department continues to not want the ICC to be implemented regarding Israel. On the uh, matter of uh, Israel and the Palestinian Authority, you saw me speak quite clearly to Saeed's question about our desire that both sides not uh, take steps that are going to uh, incite tensions and take us further away from a negotiated two-state solution. We've been uh, quite clear about that consistently. But, Go ahead. But you you I'm sorry, but you have refused to apply the ICC over the years to Israel. And I just don't have anything I, I additional to offer on this. I don't know what the reason for that is. You've I, stated reasons before, but you're unwilling to state them now. Your colleague has had her, her hand up. I'm I've gonna... had my hand up. You got, you got to love them, man. Like, no, I've had my hand up. The ICC has no jurisdiction over this matter. Israel is not party to the ICC and has not consented to the court's jurisdictions. And again, he points, points it out in plain view. The hypocrisy that Russia does the same. They're not allowed. Putput is a terrorist. You know, despite the fact that even Jimmy Carter, and he, and he took a lot of heat from it, it's whispered about, you know, that this even happened. There's a, there's a movie that goes along with it. He wrote a book, Peace Not Apartheid, about the Israeli situation, okay? 
Palestine, again, peace, not apartheid. All right? And, and he, oh, J Jimmy Carter has to defend this all the way back in 2007. How the times have changed. So here is that book cover. I forget what the, uh, I mean, peace, not apartheid. He's telling you it's an apartheid state. Netanyahu has told you Israel is not for everyone. And then he goes on television and brags, brags about the biomedical state that they have created in Israel through this COVID-1984 nightmare. And then says, you know what? We've got 98% of the medical records of each citizen for the last 20 years. I can't wait to get ourselves a DNA database, which most people will volunteer for, but others will just pay or whatever, and then we're going to slap it on top of that. That's scary, man. That's a whole nother level of eugenics, in my opinion. A whole nother level. Oh, we're going to take your genetic database? Well, that sounds great. Especially in a state like uh, Israel. <laughs> Just totally and completely wild. And the idea that we should pledge our allegiance to any nation state without boundaries is total and complete insanity. We're going to go to a commercial break from our sponsor. Come back, play the rest of that Hassani video, and then also the beginnings of this Chuck Todd piece. Chuck Todd, everybody. Everybody loves Chuck Todd. Have you heard of Executive Order 14067? This little-known order implemented the digital dollar the most sinister plan to control your spending. And it gets worse. In November, the federal government and banks began a test program to roll out the digital dollar. With this, privacy for all Americans will be lost forever. Imagine, the government can now track all of your spending. The government can tell you what you can and can't buy. The government could confiscate your cash. When digital currency was rolled out in China, Bloomberg wrote, quote, this will lead to control like no other, end quote. The EU has announced that they are next, but it is already happening in America, which makes this wealth protection guide that American Alternative Assets just put out even more urgent. Project Hamilton, as this secret order is being called, might be the scariest order to happen to privacy and freedom in America since its founding, which makes this wealth protection guide so incredibly valuable right now. Move your money out of cash and into something that doesn't infringe on your privacy. You see, there is one legal IRS-proof loophole that could protect your IRA, 401k, and pension savings with gold and silver. And this free guide tells you exactly which steps you need to take right now to move part of your IRA or 401k into precious metals with no tax consequences. As this program rolls out, the sky's the limit for the level of government control that could be enforced on your money. Protect your savings and your privacy. But in the devastation ahead, American Alternative Assets is offering you something rare, a chance to protect your wealth and possibly even grow it. 
rvmgoldandsilver.com. If you're going to get your gold and silver, consider supporting the broadcast and consider going premium. Redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Try it out for just a buck today. It's $10 a month after that. You get a one-week trial or lock it in, lock it in, lock it in. You love the show? Lock it in for the full year. Save 20 bucks, $100. And guess what? You get two extra great interviews from Jason Burmis every single weekend. Uh, right now, Richard Andrew Grove, Jamie Deluxe, they're up there. But then after two weeks, it goes free anyway. You know, I had somebody ask me to post the whole Jay Dyer interview. Well, it'll go free this weekend. But that can't happen. We can't just give everything away for free, including these eight hours a week, without your support. So consider it. Redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored let's go back to sam husseini and him really just pointing out the hypocrisy and again the selective enforcement of treaties internationally okay and how our state department actually works we of course uh, remain in firmly oppose uh, and are disappointed uh, by the ICC prosecutor's announcement of an investigation into the Palestinian situation. Uh, we will continue to uphold our strong commitment to Israel uh, and its security, including by opposing actions that seek to target Israel unfairly. The ICC, as we have said, has no jurisdiction over this matter. Uh, Israel is not a party to the ICC. Uh, and it has not consented to the court's jurisdiction. Uh, and we have serious concerns about the ICC's attempts to exercise its jurisdiction over Israeli personnel. So the Biden State Department had been saying that they uh, refused to apply the International Criminal Court to Israel because Israel is not a party to the International Criminal Court's Rome Statute. They're no longer saying that. Um, and the reason that they're no longer saying that, it's quite evident, is because they are trying to utilize in some way the International Criminal Court against Russia, but Russia also is not a party to the Rome Statute. Um, adding insult to injury, uh, Ukraine is also not a party to the Rome Statute, but Palestine is and they still refuse to apply it to Palestine uh, slash Israel. In the past, you have said that the reason that you have not wanted to implement the ICC is because Israel is not a, mem a signatory to the, is not subject to the Rome statute. But that's the case for Russia now as well. And you are pro applying the ICC to Russia, which is not which has the same status fundamentally. We have never said we have never said that either. What I have simply said is that we have worked uh, and work with the ICC and other uh, international entities uh, as it relates to atrocities happening in Russia. Uh, I have not said that we are uh, pro anything. You, no, no, no you, but you have said in the past that you will not apply the ICC. I'm going to I'm going to move on now. Go this ahead. is Leah Griffith with that. Furthermore, the U.S. itself is not a party to the Rome Statute, uh, but they are attempting to get countries which are parties to the Rome Statute to uh, use it against Russia.
Are you familiar with the ICC arrest warrant being uh, that was uh, issued against Putin? Yes. If Putin came to the United States for whatever reason, would we turn him over to the ICC? Well, I can't get ahead of that because obviously I have to look at the uh, the laws and rules. As you know, we're not actually a party uh, to the ICC, so I don't want to engage in that in that hypothetical. Well, would you encourage our European allies to turn him over? I, I think that anyone who is a uh, party to the court yeah. uh, and has obligations yeah. Uh, yeah. should uh, fulfill their obligations. Look at that love fest between Lindsey Graham and Tony Blinken. That should tell you all you need to know about Lindsey Graham and his fake ass. Look at that love fest. I got to watch Lindsey Graham sit there after it talks about all this money that we've spent killing Russians. Best money we've ever spent. Best money we've ever spent, says Graham. While he makes goo-goo eyes at Tony Blinken, and Blinken gives him that smile. That nice Department of Defense, military, industrial complex smile. Yeah, well, I don't know, you know, if the pootster came here, would we turn him over to the ICC? I mean, cartoon world. Cartoon world. The dark cartoon. And we're really kind of past double standards to triple and quadruple standards because the International Criminal Court and other legal mechanisms have been used uh, against others, uh, leaders in Africa, uh, against uh, former Yugoslavia, um, and so on. Um, but NATO and the U.S. and Israel have gone through all of this uh, unscathed. The current head of the International Criminal Court was actually is a, is a barrister in U.K., and he was one of the individuals as part of the one-sided prosecution in Yugoslavia. I give a more complete write-up uh, of uh, everything that happened, as well as some links and references on my Substack. Um, check it out, sign up, support it if you can. We got to get Sam Husseini on, man. We got to get him on the program. Um, I think he follows me on Twitter as well. I, I know that I'm following him, but he is doing bang-up work and one of the very few people within the press corps that is asking tough questions and really trying to demand answers despite the fact that it's very hard to get answers, especially honest ones, in that situation. Speaking of honesty, as promised, Chuck Todd, Ramisway, we might as well just play it from the beginning uh, so you can see how phony Chuck Todd is and, and how ridiculous this scenario begins. As America debates how old is too old to be president, the youngest candidate uh, that's announced in the 2024 field is currently introducing himself to voters. Vivek Ramaswamy is a 37-year-old multimillionaire who graduated from Harvard College and Yale Law School. He made his fortune at a hedge fund and in biotech, and he ran an asset management company which calls itself anti-woke. A first-time candidate for political office, he says he has plans to start an anti-woke cultural movement. 37 years old, I, I, I like the youth. I'm not going to lie. And, and that is youth to me. I'm six years older than this guy. I'm not a multimillionaire. I'm not a Harvard guy. You know, I'm, I'm certainly not a person of color as Vivek is. Okay? But he's very common sense. And Chuck Todd gives him this introduction. He's going to let him speak. And then immediately, 
immediately snake venom. Snake venom. We're in the middle of a national identity crisis. That leaves a vacuum in its wake. And when you have a vacuum that runs that deep, that is when poison fills the void. Pick your favorite one. Wokeism, transgenderism, climatism, globalism, COVIDism. And, and you know what? I like that he said those things. But at the same time, as you guys know, I just hate, hate, hate this term woke because it's not, I, I get it. That's the term, that's their terminology. But really, all these things that are quote unquote woke were really what? They were collectivist, all right? They're in the same thing when I hear about communism or socialism. No, it's collectivism under any other guys. Because when you look at the quote-unquote woke culture, you have to agree to it and bend the knee to it and collectivize around it no matter its insanity or, or its inherent anti-human nature, anti-biological nature, okay? And you have to act like that's not the case. That's bad. That's bad news brown, man. And Vivek Ramaswamy joins me now. Uh, Mr. Ramaswamy, welcome back. Uh, actually, welcome to Sunday Meet the Press. Hey, welcome back. Mm, yeah, look at this little, look at this little snake-like. Mm, welcome back. Not really welcome back. Welcome to Sunday Meet the Press. Thank you. Good to see you again, Chuck. Um, let me start with this overall look. You've got this anti-wokeism. You've written books about this. You've, this is your political identity as you've introduced yourself uh, to folks. I get it in a primary. Why are you convinced this message could actually work if you got the nomination in a general election? I think I'm speaking as a member of my generation here, Chuck, but I think it's true of all Americans. We're all hungry for a cause right now in America. We're hungry for... See, I don't know that that's true. We're hungry for... I'm not hungry for a cause, man. I'm hungry, okay, to take the Constitution and Bill of Rights and not have a what? revolution. No, I want a reformation of those documents. I want my constitutional republic back. I want people to be held accountable when they commit the most heinous of crimes under the guise of government. That's what I want. I don't need a movement to get around. I don't need a flag. I don't need a t-shirt. I don't need a slogan. I don't need any of that. And I don't believe the vast majority of Americans need any of that. Basically, most of them want the same things that I do. Okay? An ability to make a living, own property, take care of myself and my family, prosper. Prosper by being able to what? Accumulate and save wealth. I want to be left alone. I don't want to be surveilled. These are the basics, man, that anybody would come around. And I don't need a movement for it. I don't need to say I'm MAGA. I don't need a red hat. You get it? I don't need an armband or a flag or a logo or any of it. So that's where I would disagree with this guy. You know, at the same time, he's about to talk about national identity and in many ways, I do agree with him here that we don't have a national identity anymore. Purpose and meaning. 
at a point when the things that used to fill our hunger for purpose, faith, mm-hmm. patriotism, family, hard work, these things have disappeared. So I see an opportunity to revive our missing national identity. I think that's something that Americans hunger for across the political spectrum, mm-hmm. answering what it means to be an American today. You ask people my age that question, you get a blank stare in response. I think that is the vacuum at the heart of our national soul. I'm running for president to revive the ideals that actually set the nation into motion. I think it's going to unite the country. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Now Knives Out Chuck comes up. All right. Final commercial. I'm going to come back briefly to the YouTube audience to let everybody know where they can find the second hour for free live. Uh, but I've said it before. I'll say it again. I use IPVanish. It's a great VPN, and I'd encourage you to use it as well and use the promo code RVM. We love the Internet, but the Internet is tracking everything you do. Take control of your online privacy with IPVanish. People with malicious intent are everywhere watching you. Criminals can hack your Wi-Fi, while broadband providers and advertisers monitor your data. With IPVanish on your device, your Internet activity is encrypted no one can see what you're doing. Your location, your connection, completely hidden. Protect your internet privacy today with IPVanish. IPVanish, rvmvpn.com. Go check it out. All right, YouTube, you know the drill. You want the second half of this broadcast. Once again, it's over at rvmrumble.com. Make sure to thumbs it up, subscribe, and share. Make a comment down below. Share the videos via email and let's try to get a hundred new subscribers across a multitude of platforms today i'm i'm putting on my little please 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 begging you please to share the info share the show and help us grow so youtube we we will see you on the flip side all right and with that said let's go back to chuck todd now Um, basically coming at him all the way to try to push the trans kid mutilation agenda. As America debates how old is too old, you know, it's interesting. Your rhetoric can sound uniting in your answer just now, but then you you say the following things. The trans movement has become a cult. We need to abandon climate religion in America. I definitely find the idea of systemic racism revolting. I say this, how do you square those statements with unification. These are divisive times. This is a polarizing time. We're pretty evenly divided on these cultural issues. First of all, no, we're not. That's not real. Okay, we're not evenly divided on any cultural issue like mutilating children, period. Let me show you why we're not. Everybody will try to gaslight you into believing, um, at least in the media, that somehow it's 50-50. No, it's not. Trump won in a landslide. In a landslide, Chuck. And you guys call it the big lie. In a landslide, Chuck. Dominated. Target in free fall. Retail giants' market values plunged by $13 billion as shares dropped by another 2.14% for the ninth consecutive day. Guys, you want it? Keep it up. Put them out of business. Show me there's hope for humanity. Put them out of business with their tuck shit. Tuck friendly. How God, that upsets me. Again, they are targeting your kids. They are targeting your kids. They're saying there is new science. Meanwhile, a woman 
who turn themselves into a quote-unquote man because, let's be honest, can't be a man, you don't have a penis. I'm sorry. You're without penis. You're going to need those. And when I say those, the penis is also, you know, attached to a set of testicles of which you don't have and cannot have. But you got a mustache and a receding hairline, so way to go. Oh, you're into Satanism? <laughs> what a coinky-dink. It's so, you know, th that's usually the telltale sign of a really happy person. Somebody that's got it together is when they turn to a religion of total and complete narcissism and self-absorption, whether you believe in the devil or not, whether you believe in Satan as a real thing or not, it is a do-as-thou-wilt religion. It is completely sociopathic. And that's the person that you have designed your tuck-friendly kids wear? You know, you wonder why you have uh, such an outcry from those that are still religious. It would be hard not to be upset if you were religious and a devout Christian. It would be hard for something like this to not reaffirm your religious beliefs and your belief in the dark overlord Satan. When, when shit like this isn't a cartoon, okay, and, and everything's tuck-friendly, we got pride adult back, bikini swim bottom, black, tuck-friendly. What the fuck? You, want, you know what I want to see? I want to I see that hit zero. I want to see these guys go out of business. I really do. I want them out of business. Tuck-friendly construction, extra crotch coverage. Just... So, so again, let, let's go back to Chuck Todd, because I don't want to get too far away from this. Uh, Chuck Dot, Todd is a, a total establishment shill, putting out the talking points that have no basis in reality. And then he's, he's calling this guy divisive. No, he would get votes on the left as well from those that are still somewhat sane and don't want to mutilate kids, Chuck. How do you unite, do you unite the country when you're essentially denigrating the views of half the country. I don't think I'm denigrating the views of half the country. I mean, let's take the touchiest of those subjects right now on the trans issue. Mm -hmm. I think that when a kid says that I'm born into the wrong body, that my gender doesn't match my biological sex, mm -hmm. more often than not, that is a case of a mental health disorder. That doesn't mean you disrespect. More often than not. How about in the vast, vast, vast majority, if not all cases, it is a mental health disorder? Because I'm going to say it again. There is absolutely 100% no biological way for you to actually change sexes, actually change your chromosomes. Now, as an adult, you want to make the decision to alter your body irreparably. That's on you. Leave the kids alone. Let me repeat that. Leave the kids alone. And rightfully, he says this has nothing to do with half the country. That's imagination land. You really think... That a hundred plus million adults, a hundred fifty plus million adults are into that, that want that for children. That's that's not real, man. That ain't real. That person, it means they're crying out for help. I met with two young women 
who regret the decisions they made going through double mastectomies, one a hysterectomy, chemical intervention, now trying to teach kids across the country that when you're struggling inside, going through adolescence, yes, that involves some struggle. We live in a cultural moment today where adults are affirming that confusion rather than actually you ever, treating them compassionately. You That's a, cruelty. You ever talk to parents that have a, a, a kid who's going through this? I have. And in fact, I, I recently, you know, talked about my story within my family uh, in the second hour of the broadcast on Wednesday, yesterday. And uh, first time I've told that story. And that, and look, man, yeah, somewhat the parents' fault. They're not with it. Sorry. Sorry. I, you know, I, I'd love to sit here and act like everybody in my family isn't cuckoo, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, that mental illness can't. It, I got plenty of crazies in my family, especially extended. Plenty of crazies. And... We played that Jordan Peterson clip earlier in the week because he nails it. He nails it. If you don't think that, especially the parents that affirm this care, it's not part of their political agenda, it's not part of their mental illness or narcissism, you're, you're in imagination land again. You're not looking at the facts. I have, actually. Yeah, yeah and I think I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's a parent. My point it's is. It's a difficult this. place to be. I acknowledge That's right. that. But yeah. what we need to do on both sides here is act with compassion, not really what makes us feel good about ourselves. Yeah. And I think that's my main issue across our response to well, transgenderism and to climate. It's solving the actual underlying issues okay. rather than what allows you to signal your virtue. What makes it compassionate, though, to uh, pass a law that denies a parent uh, uh, making their own health care decision for their. It's not a health care decision. It's not a health care decision. Making their own. No, it is a life-altering mutilation decision. There's nothing. A health care decision would be for what? Better health for your child. When all the numbers show that suicide is through the roof for the people that go through this surgery. Is that compassionate, Chuck? Is that is it compassionate to take somebody who's already mentally troubled to encourage that mental illness to then impose, okay, physical harm on them that will also in turn cause more mental stress because of the societal implications and then when they're in their 20s or 30s in many cases, they kill themselves. Isn't that compassionate, Chuck? I would argue it's not. I would argue it is not. That's the part of this. That doesn't sound very conservative in small government to me. Well, look, there isn't a state in this union that allows you to smoke an addictive cigarette before the age of 18 that allows you to get a tattoo before the age of 18. That's a body-altering change that a kid may later regret in life. So I think it is perfectly reasonable to say that if you're after 18 years old, you're free to decide whatever you want to do. That's what it means to live in a free country. But below the age of 18, I think it's perfectly legitimate to say that we won't allow genital mutilation or chemical castration through puberty blockers. You're calling for the it that. You're calling that because that's what it is, Chuck. You're calling it that because that's what it is. Chemical castra castration and genital mutilation. Make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. And you know, he makes the 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 tattoo analogy you know let's let's make that analogy 
This bad boy is a cover-up. It's not the best, but it is a cover-up of a tattoo that I got when I was 16 years old. Probably shouldn't have got that at 16 years old. Not a huge regret in my life. I got, you know, a couple tats. They're a little prisony. That's fine. That's who I am. That's fine. You know, I'm not sleeved up maybe one day. I've thought about maybe on the chest, whatever. I can make that decision now. I don't know that I was able to make that decision then. And obviously, because I had to get somewhat of a cover-up, not only was I not mentally ready for that tattoo, I wasn't physically ready for that tattoo. Because at the time when I was 16 years old, I was like 140 pounds. I had not grown into a man or close to being a man. I was on my way. Okay, both physically and mentally. And, And look, mentally... There's a lot of things that haven't changed ever for me. Now, I'm very much a reflection of who I was when I was 12 years old and 16 years old and 20 years old and 25 years old and all those things. But clearly, at that young age, I was not a fully formed adult. I would not have been able to give intelligent consent, especially on something like this which is totally and completely life-altering forever, for the rest of your life. But how do you know it's that? Again, how do you know, are are you confident that you know that gender uh, is uh, as binary as you're describing it? Are you confident that it isn't a spectrum? I Uh, am. You know this as a scientist? Well, there's there's two X chromosomes if you're a woman, an X and a Y. You know this as a scientist? Everybody loves that. Oh, you're a scientist now. It's actually made me want to go back to like a community college and get a degree in in uh, biology, maybe physics. Not easy. You know, I'm not delusional. I know that those degrees, uh, they take hard work. They take studying. They take academia. But th- that is their go-to, boy. That is their talking point. Are you a scientist? Are you? Look, I, I got through high school. <laughs> got through all the high school courses, with honors, by the way. That's not enough. You can't be a high school honor, uh, honor student with a basic idea of science and how chromosome works. Not if you're not if you're on a new show with Chuck Todd, because Chuck Todd's going to tell you what? That it's a spectrum, just like Martine Rothblatt's going to tell you. It's a spectrum. Oh. There are there are billions of genders according to Martine Rothblatt, by the way. Yeah, let's bring that up. Let's just bring it up. Bring it up. I guess we can't bring it up. Oh no. It looks like oh you know what? We're going to bring it up anyway. Close the program. My Adobe Acrobat is uh, acting up, as you can see behind me. See, that this is how we do it live. The whiteboard. <laughs> Let's just minimize that while it's crashing. That's fine. Because what we'll do is we'll go to Amazon and we'll do the same thing. From transgender to transhuman. And there it is. And we'll go to some of the free pages, because I know that there's some free pages here for us, right? Where where where'd the free pages go? Oh, there it is, right? Oh. Isn't isn't yeah, there we'll scroll right down. There we go. Billions of sexes, everybody. Billions. That's the that's the very beginning. Billions of sexes. Billions. Okay? There are two sexes, male and female, right? Wrong. In fact, there is a continuum of sex types ranging from very male to very female, with countless variations in between. 
This startling new notion is just now beginning to emerge from feminist thinking, scientific research, and a grassroots movement called transgenderism. <laughs> I mean, they're telling you it's a transhuman movement. In the future, labeling people at birth as male or female will be considered just as unfair as South Africa's now abolished practice of stamping black or white on people's ID cards. Hmm. I mean, Chuck Todd is part of this agenda. He's, he's repeating the talking point from this 2011 book now in 2023 and trying to shame Ramisway for daring, daring to tell the truth and challenge that. That means a lot of scientific research out there. There's a lot of scientific research out there that says gender is a spectrum. Chuck, I I respectfully disagree. I I mean, you should disagree. There is no scientific research that suggests that. None. Zero. Zip. Zilch. There's pseudoscience. There's not one study, not one study that can tell you or prove to you what Chuck Todd just said is a biological reality. Instead, they want to use psychology. Just like they want to use psychology and lawyers for their transhuman movement for the entities they plan to create to give them rights. Be a huge spectrum then to Chuck Todd with a... <laughs> Just, my God. Gender dysphoria for most of our history, all the way through the DSM-5, has been characterized as a mental health disorder. And I don't think it's compassionate to affirm that. I think that's cruelty. When a kid is crying out for help, mm-hmm. what they're asking for is, you got to ask the question of what else is going wrong at home? What else is going wrong at school? Let's be compassionate and get to the heart of that, rather than playing this game as though we're actually changing right. our medical understanding but for the last I, I go back years. to this. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. And, and here's the thing. We've got to look at how that child is doing socially. Everybody in life has obstacles, goes through struggles. It's not going to be easy all the time. School especially can be a very, very tough place. If your academia is not there, if your social's not there, even if those are there and your home life isn't there, if there's just a whole combination of all three on top of the fact that when you're in middle school and high school, your body does begin to physically change, biologically change, there is a ton of doubt, confusion, angst, anger, all right? All those nervous energy, all those things. And children do become depressed. We also have to remember that. That's, that's real. So now we've gone from a society that's okay with drugging up our kids because they're ADHD or hyperactive to one in which it's okay if they have mental problems to give them SSRIs. And now to embrace mental insanity. Let me repeat that. Embrace mental insanity and physically mutilate children under the pseudoscience of psychologists promoted by a guy like Chuck Todd. No, thank you. No, thank you. 
if a parent is dealing with a child that has these, that, yes. that may have these issues, trust me, the parent, the last thing they want to do is consider something like this. But if that is what they think could help their child pursue happiness or they're not to kill themselves. There it is. It's always not to kill themselves. To pursue. I'm going to say it again. You know, I saw my, my, uh, you know, my, my distant relative, transgender teenager, okay, someone that got the double mastectomy, took the hormones, just graduated from high school, not even a smile, not even a smile. Now, I had my own difficulties in high school, okay? I think we all do. But you bet your ass the day I graduated high school, I was all smiles. You couldn't stop me from smiling. I don't know that there's a picture out there or a videotape, if one exists, of graduation where I have half the, the disappointed, unhappy look of this person who's now changed their life biologically forever and it didn't make them happy. Sorry, Chuck. And it didn't make them happy. And, and quite frankly, I hope that this person doesn't end up suicidal or taking their own life. And you flip the script and act like it's the other way around. This guy, man. Oh, I, why take away that option? Again, it, why shouldn't it be up to the parents? So part of why parents now suddenly feel that way, let's ask ourselves that, Chuck, because we've created a culture that teaches parents that they're being bigoted or that they're bad people if they don't actually take those steps. So part of what I think is, listen, gender dysphoria for the rare few people who have suffered it mm -hmm. is a condition of suffering. My question is, why on earth are we going out of our way mm -hmm. to create even more of it? And there's no doubt that the cultural movement in this country, even education, is creating more gender dysphoria. If it's a condition of suffering, yeah. let's not create more of it. That's what we're doing. Let me ask you about the Disney dust up sure. with Ron DeSantis. On <sighs> Just, again, every talking point. The Disney dust up. Yeah. Disney is a terrible, corrupt company, all right, that doesn't really care about people or children, that is currently promoting uh, an alleged serial violent rapist in McGregor who's the star of their new TV show, The Ultimate Fighter. ESPN is theirs. They know it at the top levels. They know who he is. They have no problem with that. No problem Pushing the agenda on your kids, whether it was Beauty and the Beast that we discussed, right? Didn't love that. Didn't love the Beauty and the Beast stuff. Now into the Little Mermaid stuff with the drag queen Ursula, right? And the Sleeping Beauty. Let's have, let's have a black man now as the fairy godmother. All that's just okay. All that's just okay now. No basis in reality whatsoever. The Disney dust-up. Hey, Disney should have been paying taxes and being regulated by the state and law enforcement from the beginning. The only reason they got that sweetheart deal is because of their connections with the U.S. military industrial complex, period. And that's why you're coming to bat for them, Chuck. Chuck. It's not your love of Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse. I guarantee you that. On one hand, I assume you agree... Uh, with pushing back at Disney the way Governor DeSantis has rhetorically. Um, but is there a point where you think it uh, is too much to use government to punish business? 
here's where Ron DeSantis really lost it here. He's gone on the wrong path. As he claimed, and this part actually sounded good to me, Disney should have never had crony capitalist lobbying-related privileges in the first place. Here's the part he doesn't mention. One of those crony capitalist privileges was, and I think the most relevant one, was codified into law by none other than Ron DeSantis in 2021. Mm -hmm. So Florida passed this political anti-discrimination statute, which I applauded at the time, mm -hmm. said if you operate internet companies, this includes streaming services like Disney does, that you can't engage in viewpoint discrimination. Now here's the funny, dirty little secret of that. They wrote into a last minute exception into that law for mm -hmm. anyone who also operates a theme park more than 25 acres in the state of Florida. Right for, yeah, That's right crony for capitalism. And so the irony is Ron DeSantis, who's... It's really fascism. I mean, tomato, tomato, right? Crony capitalism, fascism, they're pretty similar. Now railing against crony capitalism and rolling that back yeah. was the one who actually passed that into law for the case of Disney. So I think that undermines the credibility of his crusade. I prefer to get to root causes rather than doing political stunts. Let me ask you about the idea of cancel culture because it, I, I, I feel like the criticism that the right was making of the left two years ago, that it looks like some on the right are embracing cancel culture. I think Bud Light. I think about the, the transgender representative in Montana who was basically kicked, not allowed to speak on the floor. Do you think some of this is going too far? Absolutely not true. That, that second part, absolutely not true. Just absolutely not true. And then the Bud Light thing, voting with your dollars, cancel culture. First of all, Bud Light ain't going anywhere. Uh, it's, it, I'd be shocked if in five years Bud Light didn't still exist. So that's not cancel culture. Like Bud Light is still being stocked at places like Target, at places like Walmart, in just about every bar in America. Now, I'm glad people are voting with their dollars. That's what we've always been told to do. Embr that's not embracing cancel culture. All right, we've always had in this country organized boycotts of products and services by institutions that have betrayed the people. So look, I'm an opponent of victimhood culture, cancel culture, you name it. I've written a book about this. I do think that the way the culture war ends is not with a bang, but with a whimper where both sides get infected mm -hmm. by those same norms. You think so the, the, the right's been infected by this? One of the things I say to conservative audiences across the country is we have to be the party of free speech and open debate. Mm -hmm. We can't be the party said, that says, I won't talk to, I'm here talking to you on NBC. There's other candidates in this race that say they won't talk to NBC News. Ron DeSantis is one of them. Well, I go to college campuses where other candidates refuse to go. So I think we got to practice what we preach. I'm in this race as a millennial, as a young person who's lived the American dream, to actually walk the walk when it comes to free speech and open debate. And yes, I would like to see other Republicans rise to that occasion and do better, starting with the debate stage in our own party this fall. If Donald Trump doesn't do debates, uh, will you not support him if he's a nominee? Well, I'm not going to let him get away with that. Donald Trump... What does I, that mean? <laughs> what do you mean you're not going to let him get away with it? He's, well, look, he can I do think, what he wants to do. I don't think the other candidates, including Donald Trump, are going to relish being on that debate stage with me. But I think that the way that he's shown in 2015, what people gave him credit yeah. for was that he was an outsider and a disruptor. I'm the outsider in this race. And I think that if you want to be part of, like yeah. Joe Biden, in an existing establishment that doesn't want to debate, I think what, people are what, hungry for new What blood. should the party use as leverage to force him to, to show up on the debate stage? I think... First of all, I don't think that Trump has said that he isn't going to debate anybody. Why would you have to force him? Now, I, I know there are some people that already think it's set and ready to go that Trump gets the nomination. That's not reality either. I mean, that's why DeSantis is being propped up. They, they want 
some kind of, you know, combat right there. And I, I personally don't believe that we can have a presidential election cycle where you don't have any primary type debates. Now, Joe Biden, since he's, you know, the, the, the zombie poopy pants puppet in chief, he doesn't necessarily have to debate anything, right? He's already kind of been installed. Doesn't matter. The guy can't speak. Doesn't matter. The, the, the whistleblowers, the criminal invest, none of it. Cause there's no real accountability. I suspect that at some point within a year, so in other words, probably by this November, in the next five months, they'll start setting up the arena as to where Joe Biden can't run again for whatever reason. And then I don't know that they actually want a debate. Um, maybe they want one or two to try to prop up a Newsom or maybe somebody else they like in the establishment. That's me spitballing. That's that's Jason Burma's speculation train. That's we're going to have to wait and see. It's the voters. I think it's my job and it's the job of candidates to tell voters that if you want someone sitting across the table from mm -hmm. Xi Jinping, if you want someone with the spine to take on the administrative state, mm -hmm. it's the top of my domestic agenda, you better darn well not be scared to show up on a debate stage with the new challenger. Donald Trump did a great job of that in 2015. Yeah. Vivek, you darn well. Come on, man. Give me, a, give me a damn well better. Give me a damn well better. Give me a little bit more flavor. I get it. You're Harvard educated. You're in a nice suit. I prefer the blue jacket. When I put on a blazer, that's, that's the color for me. I'm with you there, buddy. All right. I got several other videos I want to get to um, before we end the second hour here. And uh, two of those videos are, are really interesting in the fact that we played L.A. County getting the robot dog, right? And now I'm going to show you, uh, I believe it's Hollerman Air Force Base. Um, shout out to uh, Jan, who has been a great supporter of the broadcast and sent me this tip. Right now you've got those commercialized DARPA spot dogs now being integrated into military personnel use on an automation type level. So in other words, not your traditional use that you would see a big dog overseas, but now they're slowly but surely having human beings integrate with these type of robots, which in many cases are autonomous. All right, so let's play this clip. Holloman Air Force Base is testing out new four-leg technology. The base has two new robotic dogs that will work alongside their service members. News 13's Jessica Baron gives us a look. I've been in 15 and a half years, and while I know technology was growing, I would, did not expect to ever see this in my lifetime while wearing the uniform. It's called the Vision 60 Ground Robot, or more simply, RoboDog and it's designed to improve surveillance capabilities at Holloman Air Force Base. The base in Alamogordo currently has two robots that they're testing out, and they're expecting two more later this year. They say their base has a lot of desert, and the RoboDog's ability to withstand heat and cover long distances help them patrol terrain that's harder for humans. More of a protection capability because of how massive our base is. Sometimes it's hard to get members in different areas. The robots were created by the company Ghost Robotics. They weigh 86 pounds and are about the size of a full-size golden retriever. They can travel for about six miles and they're controlled using a joystick-like setup. 
They can be used in the rain and temperatures from negative 10 degrees up to 140. They're also capable of walking in steep sands. Someone's on a jogging trail and they see it stumble, no need for anyone to go worry about it, go grab it, because it will upright itself automatically, and if it can't, it'll go inverted and walk upside down. Right now, the machines are only assigned to the Security Force Squadron, but the intent is to expand it into annual training. It is not to replace manpower or other assets like military working dogs. They are very vital. They have critical roles in their own aspect. It is a complement to our manpower and capabilities. Jessica Barron, Karakui News 13. So there it is, the robo-dog. And yes, there are more on the way. And, and, and again, they were called the big dog. I mean, you should, I wonder if we can find the big dogs YouTube, uh, like military experimentations for like 20 years ago. Because they had ones the size of cattle. Um, big dog DARPA size of cow. They got these businessmen trying to knock it over. Let's see if we can find it. There's a big one right there. That's the LS3. Here, yeah, that's a good one right there. That shows you how big some of these things are. This one here uh, is not the video that I was talking about where a bunch of them, um, like for instance, you got Wildcat. I'll show, show you right here. This is Wildcat right here. That's nine years ago. Uh, God, this is 13 years ago. And these are the predecessors to really the big dogs. Uh, but here you go. Eight years ago, this is the LS3. Uh, Look at this bad boy. Look how big that thing is, man. Can you imagine? Now, now the smaller ones move a little better. They, they can have a, a weapon on them, the whole nine. Look at how big those things are. And like in the testing that I saw, you had people running up into the side and trying to push it over, and they weren't able to do it. You know, so that's the LS3 robotic pack mule. That's now a decade old. That's a decade old. Can you imagine what they have in the classified programs that they haven't gotten ready for mass distribution? Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on. All right. Um, couple other stories I wanted to hit before I go to this Marky Picks clip talking about AI. I talked about Marky Picks, I think yesterday, maybe the day before, didn't get to the clip, but I, I really want to play um, his clip on AI because he makes so many good points and he, he shows, he, it's smart guy, very well spoken, numerous amounts of fields, and uh, I, I really agree with uh, a lot of what he says. Seven out of nine safe limits for life on Earth have been exceeded by humans, scientists warned. Yes, it's the doom and gloom of human beings. Too many people doing too many things. We have to cut off your energy. We have to cut off your food supply. Global warming, okay? Alex Epstein uh, has been going around doing some great work talking about uh, oil, natural gas, coal, etc. Obviously as the energy sources that are in abundance and should be utilized and explains in this like two minute clip why wind and solar ain't the shebango ain't gonna work and they know this it's on purpose so let's play this clip so if solar and wind are actually cheaper why is china overwhelmingly using coal 
Like, did they not get the memo that solar, did they not read the Lazard study? No, they know the Lazard study is trash. And why do they know this? Well, you know, so what's going on? And there, so you really need to understand just the reality is that people are acting like fossil fuels are uniquely cost-effective, including people who would, every, who would have every incentive not to. Why does Japan continue to pursue fossil fuels? They don't have any resources. So you have to recognize there's something very special about fossil fuels. We could go what, in, what that is, into what that is. I think with solar and wind, the key thing to recognize is that one is today they're only providing electricity. So electricity is just a fifth of the world's energy. So electricity is not the same as energy. And when people equate electricity and energy, they don't know very much. Uh, but the other thing is that they are not at all replacements, let alone cheaper replacements for fossil fuels in electricity. And the basic reason is the unreliability problem. As the Texas freeze showed, solar and wind can go near zero at any given time. So at the bottom, the worst part of the Texas freeze, solar and wind were at less than 1% of their theoretical capacity. Not because wind turbines froze, but just because the wind died down uh, and the sun obviously died down, as often happens during a winter storm. And so if something go, can go near zero at any given time, it needs basically 100% backup. And so what does this mean? This means that you either need to use batteries, you need to try to use batteries, which you, I've run the numbers, three days of global storage to back up an Elon, at Elon Musk's best prices is $600 trillion. So this is more wealth than exists in the entire world. Okay, so this is just an insane idea. So in practice, it requires fossil fuels. So what you need is, what you end up doing is you pay for a reliable grid and an unreliable grid, which adds huge infrastructure duplication costs. And this is why say Germany has such expensive electricity. Or what you can do is you can try to be clever like Texas and California have tried to be, and you play reliability chicken. So reliability chicken means you try to get away with as few reliable power plants as possible and hope that the unreliables work all the time or when you want. So you hope it doesn't get too hot, it doesn't get too cold, the sun shines enough and the wind blows enough. And this obviously isn't going to happen. And so that's why we've had catastrophic blackouts in California and Texas. Yeah, obviously, but again, the idea um, that those are fossil fuels, right? Looks like something natural from the earth that replenishes. God forbid that that information ever, ever came out or was legitimized. And that was something I was talking about back in my days of working at InfoWars. There were studies on it. And, you know, again, that's, that's like whispered knowledge. You're not allowed to say those things. Dinosaurs. Limits. There's got to be limits to growth. It's all about command and control. It's all about micromanaging and regimenting all of humanity. And one of the ways they want to do that is through artificial intelligence and constantly blurring the lines of reality. And this is just a, a great, very profound video. Uh, I'm going to interrupt it extremely sparsely. He does ramble a little bit, and it is a longer video, so we might not play the whole thing. Uh, but I certainly want to at least get to the point where he talks about how people won't really even care anymore about what is real. So this is uh, Marky Picks, also a great guy to follow if you do any type of production, if you take pictures, if you do filming, if you need lighting. This guy is the man. Really enjoy his work. So here we go, Marky Picks. All right, let's talk. I want to hear your opinion on this new world of AI that we are about to enter into and it's going to sweep the world. 
Uh, I have a little bit of a head start in a taste of that. As you know, uh, a lot of you know, I used to paint. The paintings were kind of photorealistic and a lot of people ask, are these photographs? <laughs> no, it was actual painting that I did with a paintbrush. And I did it for a while, but then I stopped painting 30 years ago. One of the reasons was I never liked painting. I, I, I just hated it. I didn't like it. I wanted to be in the filmmaking. I didn't, I hated painting. I, a part of me thought, well, just because you're able to means you should. Like if you have a talent or something that you're obligated to follow that path and you make that your living or at least a hobby or something. But, you know, I guess maybe part of me followed that, but I just, I never liked it and I hated painting. It was too slow. It was slow. I was, I painted most of these paintings in about a day. If it took more than two days, I, I, I would be too frustrated and I couldn't do it. So I, all these photorealistic paintings I did in a day. And a lot of people thought with that, that was a great accomplishment. Wow, you know, I couldn't care less. It was, I did it because I felt I had to or something because I could. And then I realized, you know, I really don't have to. Like, who am I trying to appease here? And what really killed it for me, what really uh, made me decide to just walk away from it forever was the, when computers came in in the mid 90s and then Photoshop came in and then the internet came in and my stuff got on the internet. People just said, did you Photoshop that? Nobody cared anymore. And then Gen X came in and they didn't even know what a paintbrush was. They couldn't even understand the concept of somebody actually painting something with their hand. Everything they knew was computer generated. And there was so much Photoshop stuff flooding the market that people just went, eh. And then I know some of you going, wow, I wish I had that talent. No, you really probably don't. I mean, from my end of it, trust me, from my end of it, the, I was there, I'm the guy that's able to do that. It's not all it's cracked up to be. I mean, seriously, I did these paintings. I even did, uh, I had a coffee table book that came out with uh, all my paintings in it. <clears throat> and uh, it's not selling, you know? Uh, it comes down to this, nobody cares. So you're able to paint. So you're able to paint photorealistically. So you're able to paint fast. Nobody cares. Everybody is so overwhelmed with cool images that it's just, I mean, look at Playboy. They came out with these magazines with hot girls in them, at least back then they were considered hot. And, uh, and everybody knew they were airbrushed. Everybody knew they were like, it, what you saw wasn't really the way these girls probably looked, but guys didn't care. They're like, it looks hot. I like it, you know? And they started accepting this world of airbrushed girls in the magazines and it, it just became okay like nobody cared they didn't want to see these zit-faced overweight wrinkly people they so a few things here you know he's talking about basically not only how reality began to change with what was promoted but he also talks about hyper-realistic paintings artwork etc now as somebody who, when I was growing up, thought I was going to be like a comic book artist or a commercial artist or a graphic designer or even a 3D modeler. I very much grew up in the age where a pen and a pencil and a paintbrush was still a big deal. But I was like overwhelmed with joy once I saw that Photoshop was a thing. Okay. And I could, that was one of the things that I could not wait to get out of high school for was to get into college and get my hands on hardware and software like that so I could play around with it. So I could kind of change reality a little bit, right? And I did that. I can't tell you some of the things back in the day 
that I photoshopped simply for fun while I was learning the program. There's plenty of it. But let's let's get back to Marky Picks. We're limited on time here. Wanted to see their fantasy. Well, now AI is coming in and it is so easy that any of your fantasies can pretty much come true. And you can just escape into this world of everything that is just hyper exaggerated, hyper real. And within a, f a year or so, everything you see on the internet or whatever media it is we use, most of it is going to be not real. Like nobody's gonna know what's real and what isn't. And nobody is probably gonna wanna see the real thing. They wanna see the, the glitzy, fancy thing. I know you're gonna say, oh no, I wanna see the real thing. I mean, it's happening already. Look at camera sales. People are, the camera sales are going way down. A lot of camera companies are going out of business. Cameras are barely selling because people don't want to see uh, photographs and videos of real life. Nobody cares. And then what do people do with these cameras? Most of the cameras that are out there are now being turned into vlogging cameras. That's all it is. Nobody's going out there taking pictures of uh, landscapes or portraits or stuff. And people don't really care that much about that. They want to use cameras for vlogging. That's why almost every camera out there that's coming out is now geared towards vlogging. And what do people do with these things that they shoot with vlogging cameras? They run filters and they enhance it and make themselves look so perfect and everything. That's already happening. It's, it's, it's the basics, right? It really is. And look, I love those cameras. In fact, last night I had to take a, a couple, I, I've been putting it off. Let me see if I can pull any of these up and see kind of like the, uh, the jackassery of Jason Burmis here. But what is cool about some of these uh, vlogging cameras, if you will, vlogging, is that, uh, you know, basically I'm able to utilize them as a uh, remote control. So my mirrorless cams, I've got a M50, an M200, I've got two T3Is, which are old school DSLRs, hard to believe, but those are over a decade old now. Uh, still great cameras, actually. But last night, I, I'd been putting it off, I had to take some headshots uh, for the making sense of the Madness show. They wanted something semi-professional. I was supposed to have my buddy come over and do it, didn't do it. I'm like, all right, well, I got to get it done. They have remote control sensors so that, you know, basically I'm able to link my phone up with it. And we're just going to go down the line here really quick. These are real. No Photoshop. No touch-ups, everybody. This, this is the real deal. Um, but I was able to... <laughs> I know. I look like a total jackass. But I, I'm able to sit there with my other arm. Oh. Oh. Ah. And, and this is one of the... The better, you know, that one's blurred. I've got, a, I think, a 50 millimeter lens on this one right here. And take my pictures and, and do it, you know, in a somewhat realistic manner. You know, I've got my imperfections and maybe I'm a little greasy on the nose. They came out okay. But they do a great job. And what are they geared for now? Yeah, they're not very much geared for pictures. It's pretty rare that you would need uh, something like this. But... Utilizing it for broadcasting, the only reason I don't use a, a DSLR or a mirrorless here is because this camera right here, this uh, this is an Avermedia 4K cam, is awesome. And quite frankly, it does as good or better job than most of the DSLRs and uh, mirrorlesses that I've seen when using a green screen. Because really, the only time you want to use these is when you want to soften the background, give it that film look. And... 
really when you isolate an image, like if you were to isolate that image, it does not, it looks just about this sharp, if not less sharp. So they like, I would say there's a, an appeal, if you will, to be able to do this um, with that stuff, with a set behind you. You know, like Tulsi Gabbard does with hers or uh, Carrie Lake does with hers. All right, back to Marky. And now it's at the point where you don't even need a camera, where you just tell the computer, all right, create a character that looks just like me, sounds as good as me, or even better than me, sounds more intelligent than me, has more intelligent things to say, really wows people, and uh, blah, 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 right? So now in the next coming while, you're gonna see vlogs and pictures and everything of people that are just perfect looking, they sound, their voice sounds really good, everything they say is super intelligent, and, uh, you know, and it's just going to be like, oh, you know, that's all we're going to. And, what, and what's going to happen is people are going to get so used to that and so burned out on that, that even if you have the most, I mean, think about why are people, why are people doing this? Because they want to wow the people out there. They want them to go, oh, look at me. Look how great I am. Look how perfect I am. Look at my life and all that. Right. Well, nobody's going to care anymore, just like what happened with me, because they're going to be so jaded and burned out by seeing everybody doing that, that nothing is going to wow them anymore. There's going to be all this fantastic, amazing stuff out there, and everybody's going to be so jaded and burned out and all this, oh yeah, so what? Nobody cares. I mean, so, oh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, is things going to go back like music did? It's going to go from glam to grunge where everybody wants to see the, the dirt and the grit and the imperfections and the zits and the wrinkles. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're trying to do that with the, uh, you know, the, the body conscious, uh, everybody there, look at Sports Illustrated, the, the, the old, the overweight, the, the wrinkly are now on the covers. But is that what people really want to see? No, it's not. It's an illusion. And he, he gets that too. He's like, that's weird that they would do that. That's not what people want to see. Now, now look, my imperfections on full display. Maybe, maybe every once in a while I, I do a little uh, dusting up to try to not to sweat and get all greasy. I mean, it's hot in this room. Not going to lie. From what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing, people want to see everybody's creating these hyper fantastic images it's so easy. Look at what I did with Kara here. It's so easy to create this stuff. It's fun to look at. It's great. I mean, it's created. I, I didn't use a camera. I didn't use a paintbrush. It was created within seconds by a computer. In a few months, they're going to be able to talk and walk and do whatever it is you want them to do. And you won't even have to be in front of a camera anymore. You're just going to become this avatar that just talks and does everything for you digitally. Some artists still hung in there and did all their art with Photoshop because they were saying, yeah, but it's just a tool. You still need an artist to create the image. You still need an artist to come up with the idea. Well, now you don't anymore. The computer can come up with fantastic images and, uh, and fantasies and hyper everything. And the, so even the artist is being replaced. And I, I know that's hard for people to fathom that a computer can be creative and come up with wild combinations of ideas and things. And they could be so amazing that they wows us for a while. And then after a while, we're so burnt. So what's the step after that? What's the step after being so burned out on amazing images and videos and creativity? What, what's after that? It, there was a, a, an episode of The Simpsons where electricity got cut out and all the kids had to stop watching TV and off, get off their computers and 
whatever it is, and they walk outside, and there's sunlight, and they're rubbing their eyes. Remember that? They're out on the on the sidewalk, and they're. And I got to admit, um, I love that he said this. I'm a huge Simpsons fan, and I know exactly the scene. I mean, that's probably in the first three seasons of The Simpsons. Simpsons kids go outside, wipe eyes. Let's see if we can find that scene. Yes, here it is. Wait, I can't help it. We're gonna we're gonna do it. We're going to play the clip, but this is what he's talking about. Hey, I was watching that. Oh, it's time for Krusty. You mean we can watch cartoons again, Mom? Yes, dear, all you want. All, all right. right. Turn it up. Hey, kids, it's time for Itchy and Let's Sprite. not do this minute. Let's Funny do this. Boys and girls. Well, wasn't it? Well, aren't you going to watch the rest of your cute cartoons? Nah, come on, Lise. Maybe there's something else to do on this planet. But the third bowl of porridge was just right. So again, they try to sanitize the television. They try to sanitize Itchy and Scratchy, and the kids don't put up with it. Instead... Just such so nostalgic. This is like the third season. This is like 30 years old, showing his age. I hope, you know, we only got a couple minutes left. I hope we get to the point where he talks about the fact that we won't know what the truth is anymore with this technology as well. All rubbing their eyes and they're looking at the sun for the first time and they have to be outdoors. And they start playing in the yards again and, and like they did in the old days. I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I don't know. I mean... Maybe people will go back to the outside and nature and reality and, and the national parks and things, but I don't know. In that video I just did about shooting in national parks with permits and stuff like that, I'm amazed how many people said, well, why don't you just take a picture or video background of the national park, go home and just green screen it into the background as if you're there. Well, that why even go to the national park? You can just go online and steal images of mountains and trees and sky and put them all together in the background and, you know, fake it. Like, why even go? Why even bother going to the national park? As a matter of fact, why even do that? Forget the Photoshop and the comping and the After Effects and all the, that editing stuff. Just now with AI, you just tell the computer, all right, create me a background that's got mountains and trees and sky. Make it the most dramatic, beautiful image background ever and put me in there and light me so I look like I'm 20 years younger. Uh, matter of fact, just make me 20 years younger and make me sound better and more intelligent and all that. I mean, that's what it's gotten to. Like, why even bother going outside the door? Why even bother photographing yourself? Why even bother putting a video camera on there? and just let the computers do everything. You don't even have to be in front of a camera anymore. I don't think people realize what we are about to enter. This is going to be a really bizarre 
reality that we are about to go into. I mean, it's not just a matter of people creating these amazing, hyper, fantastic avatars of themselves and all that. It's also the haters. Now, anybody can deep fake your face, your voice, and have you saying things that you never said and get you into trouble and have people hate you and they, they could discredit your business. They could ruin your life and your business and everything. And you can say, that's not me, that's a deep fake. People aren't gonna know what's real and what isn't, and at some point, they're just not gonna care anymore. It's a great place to leave it. They're not gonna know what's real and what isn't, and they're not going to care anymore. Folks, remember, there will be two premium, two premium interviews over the weekend. I wanna thank you for joining me this week on Reality Rants. Remember, we go hard here at RVM till 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I love you guys. It's not about left or right. It's always about right and wrong. And we'll see you on the flip side.